You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Good afternoon, Joe Clark. Great to be chatting with you today. And good afternoon to you too, Richard. How have you been? Uh, very good. Very good. I thought I might tell you about a surprise visitor I had Ooh. in my place. Okay. Uh, I was just doing some garden work or getting in and out of the car or something like that. And some builders who were working next door were standing around looking at something in my front yard. And <laughs> you know how you see when you see crowds of people looking at something, you you kind of go through this mental process of oh, what's going on? Do I need to know? Is that good? Is that bad? <laughs> Should I just carry on? Should I be curious? Uh, and anyway, one of them called out and said, hey, mate, have a look at this. And I went down and uh, there in my front yard was a medium-sized echidna. Ooh. That's all right. It's, uh, they, they had, uh, he had sort of partly demolished my little rock wall around the, down the front and the, the builders had noticed a, a rock sitting in the middle of our driveway and had gone to move it and then discovered a, an echidna. So this, uh, yeah, this echidna was just bustling around my front yard, um, digging into um, wherever he could, or she, I couldn't tell, obviously, um, <laughs> digging, looking for ants. Um, and, what a happy uh, time. It was so exciting. Um, the echidna seemed completely unconcerned about the people around. Um, yeah, yeah. We could get up super close, take photos with the camera, that sort of thing. And... Um, yeah, it just was amazing to have an, an echidna. <laughs> just, yeah. Let's just think of something that belongs in a, a wildlife sanctuary. Um, <laughs> mucking around, knocking over rocks, digging through, yeah, my front yard. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, I guess this is the farm upbringing, but echidnas have been very much part of our family home for a long time. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Are they very normal to see in your family? Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, at our house. So there was one that was uh, – we lived in a Queenslander and underneath part of the house was just a dirt. Um, and so there would regularly be an echidna living under there. And then at <laughs> other points we would pile up leaves around the base of our trees to kind of keep the moisture in or something. I can't remember why we did yeah. it. And one time we, we found a family of like six or seven echidnas just buried in there <laughs> in, in, the, in the cold weather. But the best indicator that we had an echidna was our dog, Missy, would just go off her nut. She would snap her carrot, as Sam Hilton would say it, um, and she would just be barking and barking but not moving. And that's when we knew it was an echidna because that echidna <laughs> was not – he was not bothered at all. So when you said he's not yeah. – the echidna wasn't bothered, I was like, yep, they are completely unbothered with those spiny things going on nothing's getting them <laughs> but they're, they're fascinating to watch because they're quite industrious aren't they yeah yeah i was expecting you know you're used to animals being doing nothing but you know bustling around and digging stuff and the great uh, these <laughs> great um uh their their feet are just perfectly designed for the for the digging and yeah uh, and so then we, we had this interesting thing of like what do i do next you know one of those moments that you and i talk <laughs> about a lot on this podcast where what am i supposed to do here am i Am I responsible for this echidna's well-being? Like, was the road wasn't far <laughs> off? Am I supposed to pick it up in a towel and walk it down to, to, to the forest? Some scrub. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, what Jen and I debated. Like, she was like, "No, it's look, let it be. It's it's it can look after itself." So um, I watched it like a concerned parent for a while. You know, <laughs> would it go near the the road? Um, 
because I, I decided that if it was heading towards the road, I would intervene. I'd get a yeah. couple of towels or something and pick yeah. it up and yeah. carry it down like a football to the to the local bush. But then, like <laughs> a football, because <laughs> it, it was so focused on the ants and there were no ants on the road. I it just it didn't look like it was going near the road. So yeah. I I just let it be and, and walked away. And then um, it was there for the rest of the afternoon and the following morning. And then wow. uh, and then it wasn't. So, uh, but there was no, ah. you know, echidna body sprawled <laughs> on the road. Echidna uh, roadkill. You know, I was looking around. Um, <laughs> so, well, yeah, I, uh, I guess it's, uh, it's on its way. I found some other ants somewhere. So that's, that's my story. Oh, how fun. <laughs> well, my story pales in comparison to yours, but basically, you know how the other month you talked about how you took your kitchen cabinets off and did the hinges and that got quite addictive? Mm, mm. Yeah. I've had two of those things lately. So firstly, <laughs> you know the wall plugs that you put into a brick wall? I that do. Once you take the thing off the wall, there's this like plastic plug left in there that's bright yep. green or bright red. Yep. I discovered a hack about how oh, to remove them. Oh, great. Yeah. So that led to my first addiction, which was removing them. You basically screw a screw into it and use long nail, long nose pliers to rip it out. Oh, but then, okay. of course, there's a hole. So I yeah. needed to buy some uh, corking gun and some gap filler, which is mortar-colored, <laughs> matching my mortar, yeah. to fill the holes. And thus, my second addiction happened. And I was literally walking around the house <laughs> looking for holes <laughs> to fill in because I was like, this is just so satisfying. <laughs> Can, just managing my own little bit of creation. <laughs> yeah, I can picture you with a, a corking, corking gun like a soldier just yeah, yeah. shooting down. But then I found liquid nails and gap filler that was interior gap filler, not just exterior gap. And so I have been liquid nailsing things. I have been mm. gap filling my wardrobe, which had I discovered has quite serious holes in it, and it was just very exciting. Yeah. Well, look, if, if you're competent with a corking gun, there's this, there's this job at home that uh, <laughs> I, uh, Jen wants some some sealing done, but yeah. I I have no confidence with a corking gun. For yeah. me, it's it's like doing icing decorations, and it's and yeah. It's, I just don't have that fine skill. So yeah. I, if you wanted me to put a series of blobs in a rough line, I could do that. Yeah, that's but, probably more where I'm at, mate. <laughs> okay. Like Jen has a very exacting eye. I don't think I'm up to that. Like she's yeah, yeah. she's a lady of details, and I respect that deeply. I don't yeah. think I can execute that well. <laughs> it could be a team effort. I can, a team effort. I'm going to buy the stuff from Bunnings. And yeah. If, yeah, once I said it's kind of like icing a cake, she was like, oh, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be great at that. She has so, the hand eye, like the, the dexterity, I should say. Anyway, yeah. we should move on. We should talk we about should. the Bible. <laughs> yes. What have you been reading in the Bible, Joe? Well, I've been reading Ezekiel and I found this really interesting section that I thought we could talk about. Yeah. So Ezekiel 22, Ezekiel of course is written um as part of the exile um it's because they're riv- they're at the rip by he's by the river kibar right is yeah that right? that's the, the in the chapter one that's the vision yeah that's what i've got in my head anyway i'm in chapter 22 so deep down into it mm. and there are these there's this verse that i wanted to read verse 26 and he's speaking about god's word like the lord is speaking the word of the lord comes to ezekiel and he speaks this word out and it's a, a prophecy against the people of god and it says her priests do violence to my instruction and profane my holy things. They make no distinction between the holy and the common, and they do not explain the difference between the clean and the unclean. They dis- disregard my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. Mm. And I read that verse, 
And it's part of a whole chapter of quite horrific things, things like the um, the poor and the needy being um, harmed and, and, and yeah. things being defiled and such. But the, the verse is so vivid that God's own priests are doing violence to his instructions. Like that is such a strong word and yeah. that he says, he, they are profaning his holy thing. So I'm guessing in the temple, um, but also the people of God even, um, I'm wondering. But yeah. um, then they're not doing the very thing they're meant to do, which is to make the distinction, distinction between the holy and the common. And they're not helping anyone understand the difference between clean and unclean. And I thought, wow, in one sentence he has captured exactly what the priests are meant to do and how they haven't done that. And it was yeah. so vivid and... I think I probably had never seen it so bluntly explained in one sentence what the priests were meant to be doing for God's people. Yeah. It makes it more heightened when um, in in Jesus' times when he's speaking against um, the teachers of the law and chief priests, et cetera, when he's saying you failed. Reading things like that, I think, oh, there's just such a, a, a history in the Old Testament, a, you know, a mm-hmm. pattern of – Describing how God's leaders have failed again and again and again. Yeah, and I think when you um, you contrast this to the nobility of the priesthood uh, mm. that you read in um, the end of Exodus, mm. uh, quite long sections really about the robe and the turban, and mm. um, uh, you, I hadn't made that connection. Yeah, other passages of concent- consecration of the priests, I think in Numbers, mm. um, and you go chapter after chapter, um, and it, in some ways it gets a bit tedious, but what you, the, the impression you get is here's a highly noble, dignified, important role um, that, that a lot of attention is given to it, mm. and you really get a sense of um, how great the fall is from yes. those yes. expectations to, well, he, here in Ezekiel you've got priests who like they're getting even the most basic things wrong and, mm. and, and in a sort of deliberate hostile way. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. It just made me reflect about how um, God's justice in judging the people in exile is is right. You know that you you look at that and think right down to the core of who the people who are meant to be leading the nation mm. to to be clean, like to be doing the the sanctification stuff, like the yeah. the sacrifices, I should say. Um, all of those people. Uh, uh, doing violence to God's God's instructions, and so yeah, I think it draws out for us the the priority of of, of holiness in the Christian life now. Yeah, um, as as people who've been saved, um, who are a kingdom of priests, as it says mm. in one Peter, um, that um, yeah, for us and for our communities, what's holy really matters, what's clean really matters. Yeah, um, yeah, and particularly for for the people that God appoints to lead. I think it made me pause and think, oh, yes, that's right. God <laughs> really cares about leaders being doing what he's instructed them to do. And he's yeah. really clear in the New Testament about yeah. what a godly leader is in the church. And so it and definitely gave of, you pause. The whole of Ezekiel's a bit like that, really. And, mm. um, yeah, very beneficial for people in Christian ministry, Christian leadership mm. to be to be reading. And so poetic. If you've not read Ezekiel 22 in a while, go read it, anyone who's <laughs> listening, because it was just rich, like very vivid. Yeah. Yeah, quite enjoyable reading. Oh, good stuff. Mm, mm. What about you? What have you been reading? I have been reading um, 
some a series of articles from on the Gospel Coalition Australia website. Um, now, you and I were at the FIC conference uh, where Andrew mm. Moody did a very good talk on, um, or a couple of talks and a seminar on the Trinity. Mm-hmm. And um, I uh, realised that I needed to sharpen up in areas of the Trinity, <laughs> which mm. is um, which is good and humbling. I know I I've, I read a book on the Trinity this year, um, but uh, it's, you know, it's always like that with God. There's always more you can learn and um, a humble spirit is good. So uh, the areas of this, um, areas that I hadn't thought about too much was um, relations within the Trinity in eternity rather than uh, just, uh, rather than only within um, uh, Jesus' earthly ministry. And the idea of um, begottenness or fromness, mm. uh, this, that the Son is from the eternally begotten of the Father or from the Father, light from light, God from God, uh, that, that that sort of language is in the um, Nicene Creed. The, 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 in the creeds. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, the Nicene Creed. So um, as I was listening to uh, Andrew, Andrew speak and preach, which was, was brilliant, loving every minute of it, I thought, ah, oh, I think I need to learn something here. So I was aware of Andrew uh, writing a series of articles on the Gospel Coalition website, um, five mm. articles called The Ordered Godhead, uh, two of which he wrote, a third three that uh, Mark Baddeley wrote. Um, mm-hmm. I love reading stuff by Mark. And so, um, yeah, I decided to sit down and actually read through these articles and think uh, more deeply about the Trinity, and um, oh, that was good. <laughs> I, it, still, <laughs> it still kind of create raise questions rather than answer them because I, mm. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I need to, I need to keep learning, I need to be growing. So, I think I'll uh, get hold of Andrew's book at some point, or try and read a bit of Church Fathers myself, um, mm. <laughs> depending on how ambitious I'm going to be. But uh, the um, yeah, the uh, just for a sample of uh, Andrew of um, uh, of these articles. Mark, mm. uh, let me see. I'll read from chapter three. Mark Baddeley speaking. Um, just a, a paragraph. He says, first, the eternal begetting of the Son and the eternal breathing out of the Spirit are at the heart of Nicene Trinitarian theology. The equality of the Son and the Spirit with the Father, their genuine deity, their distinction from the Father, how the persons operate in the economy are all implications of the Father being the source of the Son and the Spirit, in the latter case, through the Son. One can't deny the begetting and spiration and remain remotely orthodox by the standards of Nicaea. <laughs> okay, you lost me. <laughs> yeah, not often you come across a paragraph with the word spiration in it. Yeah, I, was, I got stuck there. I was like... <laughs> Because the begottenness and spiration, and I was, yeah, what does that mean? Did you look it up? Uh, the spiration is the kind of breathing out. Yeah, the breathing out. It's it's a technical word for the um, the fromness of the spirit um, okay. uh, from the Father. So right. um, yeah, this is Nicene theology. This is orthodox, mm-hmm. but I feel like I've got room to grow here. So mm. I guess I'm I'm sharing with this with you and. Uh, it was you, Joe, and the listeners in a kind of admission of um, <laughs> things I need to grow in. Uh, but I can recommend uh, articles in the Gospel Coalition. I, I always find them helpful. And uh, we'll put a link to these ones. They're called The Ordered Godhead. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, if you're up for a bit of Trinitarian thinking, uh, it'd be, this would be a fruitful um, uh, 45 minutes hour reading fruitful, think, through yeah. these. Yeah. 
Oh, good on you, Richard. I think um, I was listening to you talk about why you want to do it, and I think, yes, I always can stand to learn more about the <laughs> Trinity. So very um, encouraged by your model. That's good. Mm. Well, um, I think we're out of time, Joe. So <laughs> We are. We spent a long time talking about echidnas and DIY stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was I'd fun, love, wasn't it? I'd love to talk about the Trinity more, but I feel a little undercooked. So maybe, yeah. uh, maybe after some <laughs> holiday reading, I'll... Uh, <laughs> be able to uh, speak more but um good on you yes mate. we we are taking a break uh yes. for two weeks two weeks um we're MTS, both both having a little bit of time away a bit we? of time away you were the yeah. mts recruit conference looking forward to and then some time away i'll yeah. be in yeah sydney and some mountain areas and mm. uh, are you heading off anywhere yeah heading to hawk's nest <laughs> beautiful it's gonna be nice i hope you see quiet. some wildlife <laughs> I plan to. <laughs> All righty. Well, I'll talk to you in two weeks. Yeah, look forward to it. See you, Joe. See you. Bye.